0: Last week we finished talking about what? You already forgot, huh? <laughs> Last week we finished talking about the power that we have in the name of Jesus. We spent about 10 weeks talking about that. And for a while now I have been thinking about this, that I really want to spend time to study pictures in the Old Testament um, about the, of the cross, like the types of the cross in the Old Testament. And I want to... Think about this and I was thinking about it and I decided we can call it shadows of Golgotha or shadows of Calvary because that's literally what we're going to be discussing we're going to be looking at different pictures in the Old Testament of the cross my whole point for for us is this I want to come out of this pointing out to all of you guys that the cross is the absolute god's focal point from all eternity to all eternity this whole book the whole bible from genesis 1 to revelation 22 has a as a theme a a central focal point it's very d n a spelled c-r-o-s-s amen i want to show you that and you're going to see that truly even from the very beginning of the Bible, God has one thing and one thing only in mind when it comes to us as human beings, and that is the cross of Christ. Amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about. I I was here in the prayer meeting last Thursday, and I really had no idea what we're going to start with. But then I love it when I feel like God is speaking to me. So by the time I got home, I had this message down, which was wonderful. It saved me a lot of time. <laughs> so, um... So today, we're just going to talk about introduction. We're just going to spend the whole time today introducing that, just show you how the cross is truly God's focal point from everlasting till everlasting. Amen? I was just thinking about roughly how long this is going to be. I know it's going to be a minimum of a year, that's for sure, Uh, but I'm not sure how long after that it's going to be. Maybe I will be off, and in a month or so, we'll wrap it up, but hey, (laughs) I'm expecting it to be that long. Amen? So let's just, today we're not gonna take a particular verse and or a particular passage and try to break it down, but I just wanna like take an overlook just throughout the scripture, how the cross of Christ is truly the very central point of, of God's plan toward mankind. And we're gonna try to look into four things. Number one, how the cross is the focal point throughout the scripture. Everything in the Bible just point out to the cross show you or lead you to the cross. But number two, I want to also show you from the Bible how the cross is God's focal point since the creation of the world. Amen? And then number three, I want to show you not just, so we're going backward here, we started from the scripture, then we said, oh, since the creation of the world, and not only that, but I want to go even further back, and I want to show you how the cross is the very focus of God's eternal purposes and eternal plan. Amen? and then we'll drive that home and i want to talk about how the cross should be the very focal point of our lives amen Amen. so let's just go through some scripture number one the cross is god's focal point throughout the scripture the first one i want to read the very verse a bunch of verses i want to read actually let's start with the one in luke luke 24 to um 25 to 47 this is the last one in that first paragraph so what was happening here jesus just died and he just rose up from the dead. And all his disciples are confused about what happened. Two of them decided to go for a walk. So they left Jerusalem, going to another town called Imwas. And then on the way, they're just trying to think about what happened and who Jesus is. And here he is, Jesus himself approaching them. Amen. And he's like, Why, you guys, what are you two fellas talking about? And he's like, Oh, you're not from here. Have you not heard? And he's like, Heard what? Oh, this guy called jesus we thought that he was a prophet and we thought that he would be the one who will deliver israel but too bad he died and all our hopes have dashed and to make things worse a couple of our women this morning came to us and said that he actually rose again from the dead can you believe this craziness they do not believe it and they they, they then they told him and when we went to the tomb, we didn't see anything in the tomb, but nobody can find the body. So maybe these two girls or two women are just nuts a little bit. So they have no faith whatsoever in what happened. And that's what we pick up here in, in Luke twenty-four. Look at this. That's what Jesus said. Then he said to them, Oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all in what? Look at me. In in what? In what all, look at this. In all that the prophets have spoken. How many prophets spoke about this, about the suffering and the resurrection of Christ? Ninety percent? every one of them, all the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at who? Moses, that's the very first thing in the scripture, right? Genesis written by Moses. Beginning at Moses and most of the prophets, right? All the prophets, right? From Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in how much of the scripture? all the scripture do you see that all the old testament in all the scripture the things concerning himself and i want you to focus on one thing the context here is jesus talking about his death and his resurrection okay because when we talk about this for the next few months or so I'm not going to try to go over every passage in the Old Testament that talks about Christ, like his deity or anything like that. We're just going to focus on one small aspect. Well, it's not small, but one narrow aspect, and that is the cross, right? And that's what Jesus is saying here in terms of his suffering and his resurrection, that Moses and all the prophets and all the scripture have spoken about this. And then verse 44, now... They went to that city, they arrived, Jesus opened their eyes, they see, and then he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken, the fact that I have been crucified and rose up again from the dead, that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, and everything written about me where? In the law of Moses and the prophets, again. Jesus said, I told you this is gonna happen as it is already written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Moses prophet Psalms. How how, how what is the percentage of the Old Testament we covered so far? 100 percent right? Did we leave anything in the Old Testament? Moses prophet Psalms. That's the, the poetic books, the prophetic books, and the Pentateuch. That's that's the five, that's everything in the Old Testament. And he opened their understanding. Oh, I wish that the Lord would do that to us. Amen. And he opened his, their understanding that they might comprehend what? The scripture. This is a good prayer you can take home. Amen that the Lord will open our, our understanding to comprehend the scripture. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to do what? To suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name, to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. He said this was a must, this was should must happen. Not just that I prophesied it, but that all the Old Testament, every prophet in the Old Testament, has spoken about that. My death, my burial, my bloodshed, and my resurrection. Amen. Well, the disciples didn't go far away from that. In in Acts chapter 3, now Peter is saying to the to the Jewish people, he said, verse 17 and 18. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. What is it? The crucifixion of Christ, right? Put him to death. You did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But these things which God did, what? For told by the mouth of how many? All His prophets that the Christ who suffer, has, that He has, that He has thus fulfilled. Amen. So again Peter agreed with the same thing that Jesus said that all the prophets of the old testament spoke about the death the bloodshed and the resurrection of Christ again now I think that's uh, Paul now in acts 13:26 to 27 Paul and he said men and brethren sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God to you the word of this salvation has been sent For those who dwell in Jerusalem and the rulers, because they did not know him, nor even, nor even what the voices of the prophets, which they read every Sabbath, right, have fulfilled, um, have fulfilled them in condemning him. What Paul is saying here is this, every time you go to to the Jewish people, every time you go to synagogue on a Saturday and you open the prophets and you read, guess what you're reading about? You're reading about the cross and the resurrection of Christ. Amen? Last one, 1 Peter 1, 10 to 11. He's talking now about our future salvation, the redemption of our bodies from that body of sin. 1 Peter 1, 10 to 11. Of this salvation the one that we're expecting the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicated when what did the Spirit do in the prophets of the Old Testament when he testified beforehand of what the sufferings, that's the cross, the sufferings of Christ, and glories, and the glories that follows it, and the resurrection, and the glory that Jesus has received afterward. Do you see that? Is that good enough? That one scripture after another, from Jesus, from Peter, from Paul, telling us that all the prophets of the Old Testament, Moses, the law, the sons, everything in the Old Testament, focused and prophesied and talked about that cross on which Jesus died. Amen? Amen? And that's precisely what we're going to try to venture into in the next few months. We're going to try to look into that and see when Jesus was walking and talking with these two disciples, telling them from Moses and the prophets and the Psalms what was written about him, that he had to die and suffer. We're going to try to guess some of the stuff that he was talking about. Amen. But not only that, the, the, the cross is not just the focal point of the scripture from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. The cross is, is the focal point that God has centered and looked at and focused at from the beginning of creation. Amen? Romans 3.23-26. to 26. We talked about this not very long ago. And this is what Paul said. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified. Now he's talking about justification. That can only be obtained to a sinful human being through the death and the resurrection of Christ. Freely by, the, by grace through, again, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has publicly displayed, that's what the Greeks say, as a covering, as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because God in his forbearance, listen to this. Paul is saying, in the Old Testament, God was just waiting and forbearing, okay, He was just patiently forgiving and being gracious to people on account of the cross, because even from the beginning of creation, God has the cross in His sight. Listen to this, because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that was previously committed. Why? To demonstrate in the present time his righteousness when Jesus came and died on the cross. Do you see that? what paul is telling us is this god every sin god has ever forgiven in the past every time god was gracious to a human being who ever committed sin since genesis chapter one god did it for one simple reason because he had the cross in his sight and because of that he was willing and he was able to forgive every single sin that was ever committed even in time past amen Because the cross is always in God's sight, from the very beginning of the human race, Romans 16, 25 to 27. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, what is the gospel? Question mark, I'm asking, what is the gospel? Jesus died on the cross so you don't have to die, right? This is the gospel in one phrase, right? So here's what Paul is saying, this message that Jesus died on the cross so we don't have to die, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. He's saying that was a mystery, that was hidden, that Jesus will die for our sins so we don't have to die. And then he said it's kept secret since when? Since the world began. Since the very time God said, let there be light, God has a plan in his mind. God has a mystery in his heart. And what is that mystery? That one day his son will come down from heaven, go to the cross, die for our sins and rise again on the third day. So that through him we can have life. Amen. Since the very beginning of the world, God has the cross in mind, has the gospel in mind. But now has been manifested. How? By the prophetic scripture. Again. Again. Paul is saying, all the Old Testament prophets spoke about that, made known to all nations according to the commandment of our everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone um, to God, alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Do you see that? The cross is not just the focal point of the scripture. the cross is God's focal point from the very, very, very second that God set his heart on creating something. Amen? But not only that, even before the time God decided to create, from all eternity, God still had the cross of Jesus to be in His focal point, to be in His sight. Amen? Let's look at some scripture to prove that. In Acts 2.23, Now Peter is preaching in the day of Pentecost, and he's talking to the Jewish people, and he's saying about Jesus, This Jesus delivered up according to that what? Definite plan and... What? Foreknowledge of God. Paul was saying that the cross did not happen by accident. When you took Jesus and you crucified him, it's not God like, oh my gosh, what is happening? This is totally, was in my blind side. Amen? God, Paul is saying here that God knew that. He foreknowed that and this is his definite plan. But in that verse right here in Acts 2.23, Peter doesn't tell us how far along God knew that, right? But he tell us in a different location, amen. And that's in 1 Peter 1 19 to 20 or 18 to 20. We we used that, preaching that before. And he's saying, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was what? ordained, that very Christ who will come to die and shed His blood so He can redeem us. That very plan was ordained for how long ago? Before what? The foundation of the world. But was manifested in these times for you. Do you see that? The cross is God's focal point even before God sat down to create anything. Amen? Ephesians 3. 8 to 12. Look at what, what Paul says here again. To me, he's surprised how God has shown him grace that he will preach the gospel. And then he said, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace to be a preacher of the gospel, this grace that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all every single person in this world see what is the fellowship or the stewardship of this what? mystery, hidden thing, which from, from how long ago? The beginning of time, whenever time began, that idea, that mystery, that plan of the cross and the gospel being preached is in God's mind. And then he said, which, um, which from the beginning of the age has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. Some manuscripts have it, most accurate ones don't. Verse 10, to the intent that, why did God have that mystery of the cross and the salvation that the cross can provide? To the extent that now. Now that the cross happened, now that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Amen? And look at this now, according to His recent purposes, right? What does it say? Recent purposes? Eternal purposes. Do you see that? It's God's eternal purpose. That very cross is the very eternal purposes of God for you and me, for the whole fallen human race. Amen? And He had it ordained even before time began. Amen? Do you see that? The cross is the focal point of God from all eternity to all eternity. Last scripture to prove that, 2 Timothy 1, 8-9. Now, Paul is telling Timothy, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his Presidents, and share with me the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Again, he's picking up about the gospel, okay? And he's saying, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to what? His purpose and grace do you see that it's god's purpose to save people through the death and the resurrection of christ not by their works it is through the grace of god that sinners like you and me can be saved this is his purpose this is his grace which he has given us in christ jesus in the last decade or so, right before time began do you see that the cross, the gospel, the salvation that God will provide to every single fallen human race. God had it in his mind, in his sight, in his focus before time began. Amen. Verse 10, but has now been revealed by the, prepared, by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see that the cross is the focal point from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation 22. Not only that, but even when God starts sitting down to create things, the cross was in His sight. The cross was in His mind. Amen? And not only that, even from time eternal, God was thinking about the cross. Amen? I think about it this way. You all know that we're expecting a new baby, right? And we found out gonna be a girl and she's coming Lord's willing, December the 3rd right is she with us now no, no she's not but guess what we're doing Katrina and I as her parents what are we doing We're trying to get all the winter clothes out, right? Because we want to make sure that when she arrives, she's going to be warm, right? We're thinking now about selling one of our cars and buy a minivan, you know why? So we can provide transportation for her. We don't want to leave her behind, right? I mean, we have not met her. We don't know how she's going to look like or what kind of attitude she's going to have toward us. But guess what? We already love her and we already care for the things, try to provide for the things that she will need, amen? 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 And guess what? God is no less than that. Amen? As a matter of fact, every parent, I believe, gets that from the heart of God Himself. Amen? So think about it this way. Billions and billions and billions and billions of years in the past before you even... Before the whole world even came to existence, God was thinking about you and God was loving on you. And God wanted to prepare a way to meet your the single most desperate need that you have. And that is your sins to be forgiven and that you will come back to have relationship with him. Amen? And from time began, from billions and billions and billions and years ago, God made plans that when you and I come to this world, we have salvation provided for us. Amen? And that salvation was through the cross, the death, the bloodshed, and the resurrection of Christ. Amen? Don't you dare question God's love for you. Amen? He thought about you even billions and billions and billions of years ago. Amen? The cross is God's focal point throughout the scripture from the time began, from the world began, and from time began. But now let's drive that home to us. Now the cross should be the focal point of us of our living this is what the bible say a couple of times in our christian walk let's talk about that how should a christian behave philippians 3 7 to 11 paul gives us an idea about that he says you know what i had it all but i didn't want none of it and then he said in verse seven but whatever gain i had i counted as loss why for the sake of christ Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered loss of everything and counted as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having the righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but one, the ones which comes through faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God that depends on faith. So I did all of this, so I can just obtain the righteousness of God, but not only that, verse 10, I forsake all for this purpose, for this reason. What is it also? That I may, what? Know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His suffering, His cross, that I might know Him, and Him crucified. Amen? That's why Paul said, I just didn't care about nothing because all what I needed to know is to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, and to know the fellowship of the cross, uh, the fellowship of his suffering. Amen? First Corinthians 2, 1-2, listen to this. Here is Paul again and he said, And I, when I came to you brothers, did not come to you proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. That was not my attitude. What was your attitude? Paul verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except who? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is Paul's attitude. It's like, Everywhere I go, I care about nothing except one thing, to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen? That, should, that that was his attitude and that should be our attitude as well. Let me read that verse to you. I did, forgot to put it in. Now that's in um, I think it's Galatians 6.14 He said, uh, I'll paraphrase it. He said, uh, but as for me, I should never boast except what? Except in the cross of Christ in which the world was crucified to me and I to that world. He said that's the only thing I can think about and be proudful of is the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. He decided to know nothing except Christ and him crucified when he lives among people. He decided to forsake all that you know Christ and the fellowship of his suffering. And he said there is nothing I can be bragging about except to one thing, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. But not only in our walk, we should be so focused and so centered on the cross, but in our preaching, whenever you open your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus, it doesn't have to be a preacher like me, but anytime you want to talk about Jesus, guess what you need to be talking about? The cross. Amen. Look at this. Galatians 3, one. look at what Paul was preaching. Oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, bewitched you, it was before your eyes, when I came and I preached to you, and you saw me and listened to me preaching, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly, publicly portrayed through my message as what? Crucified. Crucified. He said, like, when I came to you and I preached to you and you heard me and you seen me, I said nothing to you except this. Jesus Christ as That Paul went around everywhere, sharing with everyone Christ him crucified. Amen. First Corinthians 1 22 to 24. For the Jews demand signs and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ what? Crucified. crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and a folly, a folly to the Gentiles. Amen? way, but by what Jesus has done on the cross for me. I I don't know about you, but the fact that the Son of God would love me that much would come for me, die for me, so I can have life, this just blows my mind away. And my heart desire is this, that I will never, ever lose sight of that. Amen? And that's why, if you go back and see the last year and a half that I was here with you guys, good chunk of 90% maybe so of our message we just spoke about on the cross, right? And I really truly hope as the Lord has given me breath and as long as somebody will let me preach, that I will preach Christ and Him crucified. Amen? I just don't think of something better I can talk about. Do you? Do you? I don't. I don't. And not to mention that Okay, we're Christians, some people say, oh, you're a pastor, you should be focusing on how to apply the scripture to uh, the the flock and how we walk in the Christian life. Guess what? I truly believe that if we reach Christ and Him crucified, your Christian walk will also be enhanced and you know Christ as you are too. Amen? Amen? Think about it, I was thinking about it. Let's take a couple of examples. Uh, Evangelism, evangelism. How about this? Uh, We all know that we need to evangelize, Right? and you should expect that you might come here and I equip you so you get evangelized, right? Here's my personal thoughts on that. I can tell you from now <coughs> to the cows that come home that you need to tell your neighbor about Jesus, amen? But this what, when you're sitting down with your neighbor having lunch or dinner or fellowshipping with them or talking about anything, A hard time. Oh, I'm doing a hard time and they want to come to church and be encouraged and know that God is on my side. I don't think there's a better message that will confirm to you that God is on your side except the cross of Christ. Do you? Do you? Yeah. If He doesn't love you that much, then He will pray for your needs. Amen? Yeah. It's when we lift Christ, as we <laughs> talk about the cross, that's when all the other things will fall in place. Amen? The cross should be the very focal thing of our life. You wake up in the day, you go to sleep at night, the one thing that you should be focusing about is that? Cross. You should open your mouth and talk about that? Cross. You should know Christ and Him? Crucified. Amen? That's what sets us apart as a church of the living God. Not our moral behavior. We need that. But it's not our moral behavior. It's not how we conduct ourselves in the world. We need that. But that's not what sets us apart. What sets us apart is the message of the cross. Amen? And I want to tell you one thing for sure. I was thinking about that earlier today. The cross, everything is that devil. You know that? They look so mad when people talk about the cross. That's why he tries to distract the church as much as possible not to talk about it. Talk about anything else as much as you want, but just don't talk about the cross. Amen? Because the cross tells you, like, every time you talk about the cross, Satan remembered how on the cross, amen. Think about it. Let's look at the other religions and see what they think about the cross. Remember, ISIS, when they beheaded that 21 Coptic Christians, uh, they posted a message and they what did they say? This message is to the people of the cross. We're gonna make your blood like cover the oceans or whatever they wanted to say. But they directed their message to the people of the cross. They're just so cross. You know why? Because their Lord, their master, Satan, is so pissed off at the cross. Amen? That's how we know demonic religion. Amen? Look at Jehovah's Witnesses. They say Jesus did not die on the cross. He died on a tree. And their symbol is not Christ with his hands like that, with his hands like that, hanging on the, the pillow. It's no cross. It's a tree. This is how we know demonic religion. Amen? God's focal point I'm excited about the next few months we're gonna try to dig into the scripture and see how everything in the Bible is talking about the cross of Christ amen let's come uh, close our eyes and pray